Hi, everyone. And tonight we are doing Something in the Dirt. It is a 2022 movie on Hulu. It is a sci-fi film by directing, writing duo Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who uh, is one of my one of my favorite uh, newer directing duos. This is their, I think, fifth full-length feature movie. Um, they've also done Synchronics, probably their most known movie, because it's got Anthony Mackie in it, and that was actually in theaters. Um, and then a lot of their other movies are smaller little indie guys, like The Endless and Spring... Uh, but uh, this is their fifth feature, uh, made it during COVID, all in one location, very low budget. What's the fifth It's got one? a 91%... What's that? What's the fifth movie? Well, their feature debut was a movie called Resolution, which I have not seen, but apparently it's very, very, very low budget. Um, okay. But they're all like this. They All their stuff is sci-fi, uh, and they, they, you know, even their bigger budget stuff is pretty low. Like, they, they stick to... They stick to the heady themes, and uh, they don't—they're not a big budget duo. Although they have recently been tapped uh, from the, the big studios, they've directed some Moon Knight episodes. They directed some episodes Archive eighty one on Netflix. Uh, they're going to be directing some Loki episodes. So they've been—they've been discovered. They've been recognized by the That's big leagues, but uh, they like to make their—they like to make their little movies as well. This has got a ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes with a forty-seven percent audience score. So a wide discrepancy there 76 percent metacritic 5.9 imdb so really all over the place with these numbers uh did you guys know anything going in i'm assuming not because it's such a small little movie and it's probably just one that you had to watch because i said so right confirmed (laughs) accurate (laughs) when neighbors john and levi witness shocking (laughs) supernatural events in their los angeles apartment building they realize documenting the paranormal yeah, the paranormal activity could inject some much-needed fame and fortune into their humdrum lives. As I said, mm. on Hulu, if you have any interest, because we are going to spoil it here now. Uh, so the two characters, Levi and John, uh, we meet them early on through just some conversations. They live in L.A. in this not-great little apartment complex. Lots of noise to fly over from planes and helicopters you can see the the mountains on fire in the distance it's just really lovely <laughs> modern california and uh you know they the john that we learn of through some time is a sometimes math teacher but really his uh devotion is to his evangelical apocalyptic church and uh the uh, other guy who's kind of more of our main guy he's a guy we're introduced to levi uh he's like a spear fisherman but he kind of just works a bunch of odd jobs and uh, you learn things about these two guys, about their lives, uh, and the thing that's kind of going on in the background is that there's this uh, weird phenomenon that happens in the apartment uh, that fucks with gravity and lights and time and all kinds, all kinds ashtrays. of ashtrays, quartz, yeah, quartz ashtrays, definitely a lot of floating. Mm-hmm. Um, so some strange sci-fi phenomenons are happening, all kinds of different ones. And uh, they get the idea, hey, why don't we, two guys that don't know each other before this inciting incident, really, uh, they are like, hey, why don't we document this? We got really not a lot going on in our lives. We're going to make a little documentary film and try to sell it. Um, and so the movie take is them trying to make this movie while discussing what the movie's going to be about and trying to figure out what the thing's going on. And all the while, you're finding out that these two guys, they got some problems in their own pasts. Uh, and they're, they're not the best types of people. Uh, they butt heads uh, as as the movie goes on, and uh, we we gotta see 
if they're going to work out the differences and if this phenomenon is, you know, it's, it's kind of dangerous, you know, it's shit, shit starts getting bad. So, you know, we got to watch what's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, they're protected, so that's okay. But okay, what did you think of Something in the Dirt? Something in the Dirt. I have to tell you, I'm going to be completely honest and tell you this movie was inspirational. Um, can't wait to hear why because oh no i don't because, like this this uh, seems like I, a, a rope-a-dope <laughs> a setup for sure um inspirational in that the next time i wake up in the middle of the night from one of my freaky ass dreams that make no sense whatsoever where i'm abandoned in a bathroom somewhere with people that i know but don't know and they're also dreaming the same dream and i write this shit down i'm gonna make a movie about it because that's what this is it's like a fever dream that anyone can make i also starred in this movie in an art film when i was in school oh so Period. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nicole, what were you, what are your opening thoughts? Um, no, no comment on that. I'm gonna wait. I guess I want to hear okay. what Nicole, maybe Nicole agrees with the uh, maybe Nicole disagrees with your take. Okay, well, don't hold your breath because sorry, I stole your thunder. Well, no, no, don't hold your I'm breath. Sure that was what you were gonna say? Because yeah, well, uh <laughs> yeah. I um ninety one percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I know, I know. So <laughs> I have to laugh because so. your opening statements here, you said we're gonna spoil it now, and I don't think anything <laughs> that I could possibly say about this movie could ever spoil what actually happened because I haven't the faintest idea what the fuck actually happened. So I could be making up <laughs> I a totally ask you different to movie. Do the intro. What? I should have asked you. I should have said, Nicole, what's this movie about? You do the, explain the plot. I couldn't. And you could have said anything, honestly. Right. I. This is one <laughs> been correct. of the most confusing uh, movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, really, really, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't also, know. Don't forget that this is supposed to be a bit of a comedy. This is actually their funniest movie, yeah, by far. What? <laughs> hmm. Wow. Their other movies are much more horror, sci-fi. I mean, they have some moments dry. of levity, but yeah, this is their. This is their. I think this is their version of a buddy comedy. I think this is. I think that's mm-hmm. what. This, that's, I'm really this is shocked that it has a 91 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Honestly, but that just goes to show you that you know it's just. The film people that eat this fucking self-indulgent shit up and now all the rest of us so have to suffer. we have suffer. no business yeah. reviewing films. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Well, speaking of eating this up. This Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I, so, I will say, I will I will preface this with this. I, one, I did like this movie. I did like this movie. Um, but it is, it is the least accessible of the four of their five movies that I've seen. And and none of their movies are particularly accessible. This is this is um homework for someone who doesn't want homework. Like this is uh this is work. This is uh we just did Murder Mystery Two, and this is the yes. exact opposite end of filmmaking. It's it's about as far away as it's they're they're almost entire polar opposites. And I would watch a million of these before I ever watched another murder mystery too. Um it's so it, I I 
love their first two movies, or not the first two, I guess second and third movies, Spring and The Endless, a ton. Spring makes me cry, and Endless has a scene, I think the scariest scene I've ever seen in a movie, ever. Uh, just like on a cosmic thinking about what the scene is level. It's terrifying, and it rocks me to the core. And then Synchronic came out, and I think, Nicole, you and I did that one. You probably don't hardly remember it, but that's where uh, they take a drug, and the drug is like a time travel drug. So you take the drug, and you literally go back in time when you take it, and it fucks you up. And does the yeah, stuff I can't remember him Max. sitting in a living room. Yeah, yeah. And so, that, <laughs> and like that, familiar. I would consider... That's like their biggest... That's like their most accessible, like straightforward kind of movie and even that's you know a little bit heady for the average audience whereas this is like this is more heady and difficult to understand and follow than spring i will admit it took me a while to understand what we were doing like i because i'm i'm in (laughs) mama k my mom was over watching this with us oh yes yes (laughs) donna she left my house. <laughs> yeah, she at the beginning. <laughs> she left. She's like door slam. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, well, give give context of of what kind of stuff your your mom your your mother likes. Mom, uh, she watched a lot of stuff. I will give her credit. Sci-fi. She sci-fi. Actually, good opinions. I, I like I like uh, and and she likes sci-fi. She uh, likes but sci-fi. her sci-fi is more uh, sci-fi channel originals as opposed yeah, to um, she likes um uh vampire CW type of stuff. So oh, yeah, she's more okay. out of her yeah. element so it's here. A, yeah, when I said a sci-fi, she's probably like, "Oh, I'd watch a, a sci-fi movie," <laughs> yeah. and then, and then you know, she was literally like, "Oh, I'll go after the movie," and like, we got about forty-five minutes in. And she's like, "All right, well, I guess it's time." To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Queen Donna for the she, win! And that's I after she had it. fallen asleep. She fell asleep about twenty minutes in, and then she woke back up and like, I don't know what's happening. And and was like, "Oh, fucking, I don't know what's happening." And, it wouldn't have uh, mattered if she stayed up. I know. No, I, it's a detail-oriented movie too. So, okay, on the actual movie, on the actual what's going on, like the way it's made is uh, it's low budget, so it looks kind of grainy and it's like shaky cam and like you know it's it's filmed in a literally uh, uh, Justin Benson's apartment. Like they like it's the lowest of budgets that you can on get, an basically. iPhone six, something that still has a home button. <laughs> Okay, fine. Yeah, on an on an outdated iPhone is what this film. <laughs> and so it took me a while to understand what was really going on. While they're making the documentary, they're doing like talking heads kind of in pose parts. And while the movie's going, some parts are like crisper than others. Some parts are like they actually look like a movie. Like yeah, it's it's low budget, but it does look like the shots are framed intentionally. And it's you know it has it's it is movie. It's not like um it's not like a piece of shit like that. No one's yeah. Had, but like, when those things were happening, it felt like it wasn't even part of the same movie. Like, yes, because about halfway in, I realized they're showing their version of the documentary, the finished version of the documentary, and the actual story. Right. All at the same time, and right. they're not I telling you. I figured that out too, and I was like, "This is too yeah. much for one movie that's not good." That's well. That's why I'd say this is not accessible. Like this is like I want to play the same movie at the. I want to play three versions of the same movie at the same time. Like that's basically what you're doing here, and they're all. And the the concept of the movie is not easy to understand. Like it's two guys trying to figure out a paranormal thing, but like 
they're showing all these like Fibonacci sequence kind of things. And they're every time they're talking, they're waxing philosophical about something and they're intercutting it with, you know, lots of like, they do a lot of quick cuts to other things like brains and, and human evolution and the solar system. And they're, they're cutting all around to all kinds of different visuals. Um, and so it's anything it that you can find free on the Google, right? It's like, I'm, Nope. When they did that, uh, they had that photographer, and he was watching some vid- really low budget video of a tiger eating a zebra or something. Oh yeah, he right. was watching like a nature thing and editing it, like re-editing it for yeah. his, his purposes. Well, I mean that's well, that's a, and then that's a there was who al- enjoys cinema. There were also the people who were commenting. That was the other part of the the third movie, I guess. That <laughs> the people that were commenting on what was going on with. This, right like that's film, that's what i'm saying there's yeah there's like the flubby documentary part there's like almost like the more professional documentary part that's with the talking heads and like they try to do like recreations in the movie and like they show the recreation from the point of view of the finished documentary but also they're bumbling like the guy's always dropping the camera on the ground and like they're messing shots up they're messing takes up and then also there are scenes where it is shot like a straightforward narrative movie and like it's not the documentary at all so you're getting all of this all at once, and they do not tell you that that's what's going on. And I did not know that's how this movie was made going in. And that's not how their other movies are made. Their other movies follow one narrative. You know, they don't tell the same story three times all at the same time. They're kind of mm-hmm. insane for doing that, honestly. But I like the cho- I like the bold choice because I like the two characters we're with. I like their banter. I like finding out they're both kind of pieces of shit for different reasons. Um, the one's not really, the one's kind of more like he's had a string of bad things and he's made a bunch of bad decisions. The surfer, uh, spearfisher guy, whereas the other guy you slowly learn is the pathological lying asshole. And so annoying. They both seem kind of terrible and annoying. I imagine if you're watching this movie and enjoying it, that they're not enjoyable to watch. (laughs) So I (laughs) I could, I could see that point of view. Um, I didn't find the characters actually that hard to watch and I didn't really hate on them as much as i just hated on what they were doing in this movie and when i found out i I watched it in two pieces with watching murder mystery in the middle so i mean go ahead oh my god are you out of your mind i'm telling you (laughs) i'm gonna make my own movie now i'm making my own movie combining all all that stuff that happened in that like 18 hour period um with, yeah, you could have uh, just documented a, yourself watching those two and trying to like reconcile that. <laughs> this is what I should have should have done, and then I'd be like, "I am this person now. Let me write for Loki." So um, <laughs> I forgot where I was going hey. with that. Hey, come that on! I, now, it, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, oh, that I didn't like that. That I just didn't like the I, the the characters didn't bother me at all. But I found out somewhere in the middle that the two characters are the guys who made the film and then i started really disliking it because i'm like oh my god i want to sit here and watch you guys masturbate on yourselves right uh, exactly. so you said it became vanity project to you and like Absolutely. now yep. it's like and you know i hate that but they're not you know, doing like it that. to be f- they're not doing it to be famous they're doing it because they love they had nothing to do during the pandemic and they wanted to make a movie because they love making movies it's not they're not doing it to be 
to be famous. Like, in, in their biggest budget movie, they didn't cast themselves. They got Anthony Mackie, and they got a couple other moderately known actors, because that's what sells in Hollywood. And, yeah, but they you know, still release this as, they still release it as a movie. It's, you're still doing yeah, cause it. Yeah, because they wanted, because they wanted to make something, and they, all they had was each other and a couple cameras. They couldn't go anywhere. So they were just like, I want to make something. I need, I like, they, they filmed this over a year during COVID. Uh, and it, they literally just filmed it in Justin Benson's apartment, and they just wanted to make something. They didn't want to Wait sit Wait a minute. Their... Hold on. You're telling me that those people actually lived in that apartment? That was an uninhabitable uh, apartment. Justin, yeah. uh, well, I mean, I'm, uh, they probably made it look worse than it actually is. I mean, I imagine these guys are worth a couple mil at this point, now that they've gotten paychecks from Netflix and Disney, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is probably maybe his hold-up <laughs> for writing. I don't know. I mean, you know, the also, the expensive. premise is that the apartment upstairs hasn't been occupied for 10 years, and it's in Laurel Canyon. That's the biggest thing that I had trouble, like, believing. Not, not that, <laughs> that was the least exploded. believable part. That was, that was the least believable thing for me. It's like, it's in Laurel Canyon. It's been vacant for 10 years. It doesn't matter. Pe- people could have died there yesterday, and there'd be a line of people wanting right. to move in. So. And so what I, I started, like, really getting in when I realized the movie, like, it didn't... Whereas there are other movies, like, the sci-fi bits matter a little bit more. Like, they're a little bit more the point and discovering the mystery. And, like, that's that's true in, like, a couple, like, The Endless and Synchronic. Not so much Spring. Spring is more of a monster movie, but you fall in love with the monster and uh, whatever. Uh, but this is, this is much more about the two guys. And I said at the beginning, it's their funniest movie because they actually have, like, some, like, jokes like they are intentionally writing like quips and the guy come, shows up in the hazmat suit that he t- taped together and on the saran wrap and like you know they just they they are going for more humor than i've ever seen them do they're usually pretty straightforward with their stuff or pretty dry with their stuff and yeah, that wasn't funny at all you didn't laugh at all in this i laughed i was i was gonna point out i laughed more in this than in murder mystery no I laughed like three or four times audibly and then a couple of little, hmm, like a couple of those here and there. Because it's not like a laugh out loud funny movie, but like I did. I laughed. I was more abused by the humor in this movie than the, in quotations, humor in Murder Mystery 2. Nicole, did you laugh at this movie? Uh, Just laughed at myself, really. I heard you (laughs) chuckle over once in a while at a couple of their lines. I heard you. I heard it. How? When? A couple of times you went, hmm. When they would say something funny. That's... <laughs> I don't remember them saying anything funny. Both of them were... Um, I First of all, I enjoyed the um, surfer dude character more than the other than the other character. Um, that makes sense. And maybe he had the propensity to be funny. There, actually, there was one time that I laughed when he was saying... It's toward the beginning of the movie when they're just getting to know each other. And he gets... Somebody comes and picks him up for his job. Oh yeah, he has and he really oh, he's like social worker or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's a social worker. And then the thing that he said was a—I think it was a throwaway line, but maybe it wasn't a throwaway. But it was sort of like, yeah, I—I don't know why I thought that somebody would come and pick him up for his job. Like, who does that (laughs) kind of kind of thing? Yeah, I just want to say that the movie. Well, it's, no. Well, that's the thing is the movie. You learn that the movie is not just it's, like the goal of the movie is not to figure out. Like it's the goal of their documentary to figure out what's going on, but that ultimately isn't the goal of the movie we're watching. The goal of the movie we're watching is to see these two kind of characters interact with each other and their, you know, their their 
bad lives and realizing the person you thought you were trusting is not the person who you thought but they were. But I think it would have been better for them to not focus so much attention on the things they were looking at then and actually show us more of their, their lives together or separate. Like, I wanted to know why the numbers were adding up to this and that, the other thing, but apparently that's not what it was supposed to be about, so... No, this thing is like that's that's more of a conceit to have these two characters have a relate have that this strange relationship where they just met each other and the one's coming off a breakup and the other guy has like no one in his life and he feels guilty for driving his six sister to being an addict and he is a he's a sex offender because he accidentally peed on a school and in uh, when he was drunk <laughs> and like just all these like bad luck bad choices whereas the other guy you think at the beginning like you meet him and you're like. He's got like the blood on the shirt, and like you're like I don't know if I should trust this guy. He's a little seems a little off. He seems okay, but he seems kind of off. And then as you get to know him, and he's he's what divorced from his husband, and then you realize he's just a pathological. He lies about everything in the movie, and he's a controlling asshole. Like that other guy, he's trying. They're trying to come up with a title, and of course, what's the title of the movie? It's the title that the asshole character came up with because the other guy was trying to get his words in and you know ultimately that's like this like collaboration this movie making this the egos that's more of what it's about and then you're hanging your hat on the on the sci-fi bit and i kind of like the i like the ultimate conclusion of the bit that even though we don't know we find out what's going on like the the it's not like it's a malicious thing it's not like it's like a ghost or a monster it's just a thing that's going on and it doesn't and it doesn't like have a it doesn't have a conscience or a goal. It's just a phenomenon. I kind of like that. It's kind of refreshing. I don't know that I figured that out, so that's good to know. <laughs> Which part? The part about what actually happened, why the whole thing was going on, the the you know the backbone of why of of why these guys are together and why they can tell their story. The whole whole phenomenon that was happening, and they lost me when it was like the cats or the rats or whatever and the underground uh, something in the, the dirt yeah and right it, i i kind of got a little bit lost there and then i started thinking there's so many things you can think while you're watching this you're like are am i just watching their fever dream because you could this think can't that, really yeah. be well, that's this the thing really that bothered me, too, was the, what, what bothered me the most was the whole um, uh, making a documentary, the the talking heads. Like, I fucking hated all of that. I didn't pay attention to one thing they were saying. I don't understand why they had that. They, they, they made choices that they probably thought were funny and would go over well, but I thought they didn't hit at all. Like, yeah, my friend... Uh, She's a doctorate, but she's a doctorate for uh, plant medicine or whatever they said she was, not like a chemist. And I yeah, they mess up. Was, the, the, yeah, I didn't think that was yeah. funny at all. I just thought it was very distracting from what this was supposed to be, and then I just didn't listen to it anymore. I thought that was part of the reveal, though, is like the the people when we get the talking heads. These are the only people we get outside perspective from these two, and they were we through them we realized these two are they, they the way they talk to each other especially the one religious guy he thinks so highly of himself and he's he's like i've given all my money to this to this cause and i'm so successful and i'm so smart and i'm so good at everything and all the while everyone who deals with them is like he's an incompetent idiot he messes up all he's he's kind of edward norton and glass onion like he they he thinks he's so highly of himself yeah. and then everyone 
who actually thinks about what he's saying and doing and his actions are, he's a lying, stupid asshole. Yeah, everything like, comes out as a tremendous lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like, I, I enjoy watching that reveal from like these two, because at the beginning, it's just two guys. It's just two guys sharing a cigarette in a courtyard. And then they see a weird thing and they're like, whoa, what's, we have this idea. And in a movie like that, you typically are like, okay, they're going to, these two main characters, I'm going to follow them and see what's going on with this thing. But the actual story is them being terrible and incompetent. And then you, the audience learning how terrible and incompetent and bad and flawed they are. That's kind of, that's a, it's a move. One guy and one guy whose flaws are like really self-inflicted and you don't know about them because he is a, a tremendous liar. And then the other guy who yeah. just has weird, bad shit happen to him. <laughs> I, yeah. He's just I, bad luck, bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah, there were some things I did like about this movie. I liked there were and, and things that I thought were interesting. Like part of one of the guy's jobs were was um, plugging in electric scooters, bikes, so that yeah, electric could scooters. Use them. Like they were, he was stealing though electricity from all of his neighbors to do it. <laughs> um, right. They never tell you any of that. This is all stuff that you just like. There's a lot of inference in this movie. Yeah, and. It's a it's when you say it's heady, I don't think it's heady. I think it's just over the top too much uh I uh, yeah. It's Oh, it hates it hates spoon feeding. It clearly hates it hates it with a, such a passion that it makes you work for every detail and it makes because it, it doesn't it I doesn't think it, it hates it, the audience. I they hate, think I think it can hates get into people. their minds. They want you to get into their minds. That's why they're I making want it to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't to. want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> there I will my biggest criticism of the movie is and it's I don't know if you had this problem, okay, but the sound mix is very bad. The oh sound mix the sound mix oh. of this movie, or at least when we watched it, yes. we had to turn it up pretty high and then the the sound effects were so loud but the talking was so quiet and so low so whenever there was a sequence with background music or or any really any sound effects you just can't hear them talking it's it it was mixed poorly and i don't know if that was supposed to be a reflection of like their incompetence of as filmmakers and you know i don't know if that's what that was supposed to be but it because their other movies even their other low budget movies they don't have this awful sound mix that this movie did i don't know why i don't know what happened there God, but it's it, so bad it was I tough at times that, i i take it that it was purposeful just because when i said it was like an art film that's exactly how the art film that i was in in college was it was because you don't have a lot of control you don't first of all you don't have like boom mics and stuff like that you've got a camera that's got a microphone on it and that's it so you're getting tons of ambient noise so then you're trying to make post-production choices you know to help people hear yeah i guess and so i I i think it was totally purposeful in this in this film because well, they were they I mean, were incompetent filmmakers. So. I mean I I can understand that being the choice and I can see why you why they would do that for you know strengthening of messaging but like it's a totally it's annoying. just it is too it's too annoying. It is a hurdle. It, it like I the whole time I'm watching I'm like I would probably like this a whole at least half star better, maybe a full star better if I could hear it better because it's just it's just really it was just really hard because what I'm interested in when I'm watching this is their dialogue and back and forth. I want to hear them riff and I want to hear I, like that's what I want to hear and 
it was just difficult to do that because the sound was so overbearing. I love the editing. Weren't you reading it too, though? Weren't you? Co- didn't you close caption it? I did. Yeah, we did. But like, <laughs> this is another thing, and I, this might be Hulu's fault. But like, there was this symbol that kept showing up when we closed captions. Yes. It was like, it was like, yeah, bracket a, dash a dash br. Yeah, something or another. <laughs> this like, and I, I turned was, to the yeah. Oh, good. No, it was just something you would see in European language in the middle of. And it would never be like, I would never know when it was going to show up. So Yeah, it was like some sort of bad transfer when they did the subtitles. Or, and this is what I told the girl, I'm like, what if, <laughs> what if at some point that symbol, that dash BR dash appears in the movie, oh and that's like a hidden Easter egg if you were watching it with subtitles. <laughs> if they had done oh. that, I would have I appreciated the choice. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't get to that level of goodness, so... You say, you say I think it's. I think it was purposeful eyes. too. Now, now that we're talking about it, <laughs> I don't think there's. I, I think this has the look and the feel of the most amateur thing that you can think of, but that they must have. I feel like everything now. You know what bothered me? Now that I'm thinking about it, the the wind chimes that they you would always hear the little yeah. that nothing dolls. happened with them. And also, you would see the that you would hear the wind chime, and then they would show you the wind chime at the same time. And they weren't the, touching. They weren't moving, <laughs> so they <laughs> clearly weren't that. making any noise. But there was noise. Uh, I'm like, it's oh, supposed this... to be the phenomenon, actually. So I know, but if you're gonna show, if you're gonna have a wind chime making noise, it should be moving. That's. I was confused why the phenomenon knew "Ode to Joy." I don't know why that's the song it knew. Einklein <laughs> knock music. It was, uh, I guess, I, but like, why not make it some you know random sounds? Why? I mean, or or if it's a song, why not make? I guess why is this? Why does the crystals phenomenon gravity well of light know Ode to Joy? <laughs> straight that's a strange choice i don't fully understand i will say i mean i i I liked a lot of this i i enjoyed my time watching it i'm like it sounds like you two did um but it is again it's my it's their weakest movie of the ones i've seen of the four to the five i've seen like i i it sucks that uh we didn't talk about the endless or spring because i think those are way more interesting and you you guys still might not like them but you would at least understand what's happening in those movies because you know there is a single narrative not three competing narratives all the same fucking thing. Right. It's not telling the same it's not playing the same movie three top three same, different ways. Three at the different same time. perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. So, I'm surprised there's not experimental attack. Like when I look at the when uh, you go to Wikipedia and you're like uh it categorizes it into a category. It says science fiction comedy horror. That's what this is uh, classified as. That was no, the three different is... tries of the movie. <laughs> also they forgot well, to mention documentary. Yeah, mockumentary. I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Are they just? Is it a mockumentary of themselves? I it might. I mean, a little bit. It's probably. It's probably I taking don't think jabs. This at, really happened. <laughs> no, All I don't right? think they really had floating <laughs> crystals in their apartment. Probably not. But. Or the plant that has uh, Morse code inside of it. The fruit. Oh, yeah, the yeah. dinosaur egg that has Morse code inside of it. So it's, so let's talk yeah. about this for a second. So. We we have just reviewed two movies in a row, two like you said, diametrically opposed. Films. Couldn't be more different. Couldn't be more different. Uh, 
I don't see this as ever being released and becoming number one on Netflix. So no. who are movies made for? You know, you're always like, it's not a movie. <laughs> why do, Why are people making these movies? Who's watching these movies? People make movies that so that people will watch them and so that they can make money so that they don't have to have a real job. So not that making movies is not a real job. I'm not, I, I phrased that poorly. Um, so why would you make movie why would you make a movie like this why not just make something like murder mystery 2 that people are going to watch and it's going to be you know what how is that not a real movie and this is a real movie because because filmmaking is not like being an accountant or a trucker or any other regular joe job filmmaking like painting or sculpting or music is an art form and when can also it, be it, redundant, though. Well, when you're saying this is more redundant than Murder Mystery Two, I'm not. No, but you're saying redundancy is bad, and Murder Mystery Two is redundant, therefore it's bad. Uh, it's not so just everybody... the redundancy; it's the laziness. It's the specifically the laziness is the, my my biggest bugaboo. But don't you find mystery. them to be more genius than these guys, since they all they have to do is stand there and say the same thing in a different setting? And they make millions of dollars off of that. Like, do you think but, but, Jennifer Aniston gives two fucks that she has to stand there and say that right. stuff? Well, it's okay. It's, I, it's a different type of genius. You could say Adam Sandler is a business genius, and that is fine. Like, there are plenty of business geniuses out there who make millions of dollars putting out shit. And I would argue that's not really the type of person you should look up to, especially if it's something you really care about. I really care about film as a form of storytelling and it's as an art form. And so I prefer films that are made by people who share that passion. When it's Adam Sandler standing on in uh, paradise with his way too hot wife, whoever it may be, and he's saying the same <laughs> terrible corny jokes he's been saying for 30 years, and he's getting paid billions of dollars, not billions, millions of dollars, that's a very smart businessman, a genius businessman, but not a genius filmmaker, not a genius actor. It's 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 not the he's not the doing the art form. He's doing the the commerce side. And I don't watch movies or any other art form for I don't take in art for the commerce side. I, I recognize its importance to keep like the literal business alive and the good ones are good. Like there are big blockbusters that are also simultaneously good art. It happens, but you know, <laughs> if if I have to pick the the thing that churns dollars and I have to think pick the thing that's art, I I will prefer the art choice because it's it's not being a trucker and it's not being an accountant. It's being it this is a special type of field. It's special. It's yeah, different. But if you if you were to if you were to if you were to put it if you were to put it in those terms, these people would have to keep doing these kind of things on a regular basis to barely make ends meet. Like these are people doing them for tips basically as but they want to somebody to. They yeah, they want, want to, to make but movies. My, my point is, is that my point is, is that how does it not make it a successful, you know, filmmaking is a business. So you can't discount these people who do it and churn out the stuff that everybody watches, everybody likes. But filmmaking is both simultaneously a business and an art form, whereas something like, I work at an industrial chemicals cat factory kind of place. Like, I don't, like, that's not <laughs> that an art form. Funny. No one could no one could call what I do an art form. I mean, I, you would have to squint really hard, maybe, like, but, like, it's not, what I do is not, like, on I've my day job. I've seen you work around an Excel document, Brennan, it's magic. I know it is magic. It is great. Like, to others, it is, it is wizardry. Thank you. Yeah, but, that sounds like artistry to me. 
but no one's going to pay me to watch me do Excel all day. I serve a larger purpose than a company. I, you know, that's, that well, is, I'm a not di- going to be, I'm not going to pay to watch people make movies either. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching the end product. I'm not watching what's happening. Like, but I want to see an end product made by someone who loves what they're doing, not who loves the money they get from doing it. Do you understand the difference here? Like Benson and Moorhead. I understand the difference, but I'm just saying, you know, you have a you have an issue with the poo pooing part of the big business part of it. But you have to have that in order to be able to have to let people be artists. There has to be this other this other piece of it. Like I, I like I I love I love people making money and grinding to make their money. But that the, I this is not the out. I don't think that filmmaking is an outlet for celebrating commerce. I think it's an outlet for celebrating the, the for celebrating uh, I art. Think the Oscars would disagree with you, but yeah. But there's plenty and, of Oscar people, movies that don't make millions. That like you know, there's plenty of Oscar movies that win Oscar. Like what did the whale make? A couple million? Like it's it not like matter it, about the one or two. It's all it's all business. That's why these things are still in business. Everything everywhere all all at once is like a a mid budget movie, and that's clear. And that's a movie that's made clearly by people who love making movies. And that's the that's the difference. Is and even a big blockbuster. Steven Spielberg makes blockbusters. He he. You can tell he's got a passion for it. That's why he mostly makes good stuff. When people churn out crap on purpose because they know they can. I think that's terrible, and I think that's bad. It's a good business move, but it's not a good movie. A movie shouldn't be judged on its box office dollars. It should be judged on the merit of what the filmmakers and the people who put the project together are trying to trying to say and trying to do. The people at your average moviegoer, though, is not it does not care about that. Yeah, but that's I don't give a fuck about those. If you're listening to, I'm assuming if you're listening to a film podcast, if you want to talk about movies, you want to talk about the art form and not the commerce. I mean, we could do a podcast talking about only how successful a movie is on its box office, but I don't think when you're critically reviewing a movie, you're talking about its ability to pull in as many butts in the seats as possible. I think it's more important about no, I, uh, what what the thing's trying to do. I think I think that happens, makes a good movie. I, I think. I think sometimes the the disconnect comes when you're talking about quote a good movie, or and and a movie that is something where you can sit and watch it and it brings the people who are watching it together, as opposed to this movie. If we all sat and watched it, like you know, Donna walked out in the middle of it. And <laughs> I'm sure she was just very tired from a long weekend. But I think that you know if you're watching a movie where a lot of people can watch it and enjoy it, and then that piece of it becomes the important part of the movie it's not the movie itself it's the moving what the movie watching experience and when you're talking when you're talking about movies and when we talk about films let's talk let's say films versus movies i feel like that's a singular experience like we talk about it because we're on a podcast but most sure, people but, uh, i think it's a, a singular experience it's it's a let me push back with that. What? Top Gun Maverick. What did I say about Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun Maverick is something. Top Gun Maverick's worth your time and money for the theater experience and sitting there in, in awe of the action. It's a big budget movie. It's not smart. It's dumb. It's derivative. But it's it it clearly cares about trying to make something that's quality. Same thing with uh, Avengers Endgame. Like, you know, we dog on uh, MCU as of late, but they built to that masterfully. It was storytelling. Everyone gave a shit there. Like... I agree. No one I gives agree a shit in Murder not, Mystery just, 2. So that's the difference. <laughs> Murder Mystery just, 2 is, is the reason people watch that is because they turn it on when they're making dinner. And that's not a, that's not a good movie. No, I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying that there's a piece of it where you have to realize that people 
watch them at different times for different reasons, and it's okay that they all exist in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is okay that they all exist in the same universe. There are exceptions. I, my argument, my argument is, if you want, es- if you want escapist entertainment, there are all there's always good options. There's there are so many movies out there you can watch. Twenty One Jump Street, stupid throwaway comedy, so much better than a movie like Murder Mystery Two. You can get the same community yeah, chuckles to together. Murder Mystery Two, Brennan. I'm just trying to defend the non like something where I don't have to think that there's three movies happening at one time. And then that's why this movie is happening and why I want it to stop so much. So okay, how about, how about this? I, so when, when I'll stop using murder mystery two as an example, I, I have, I pointed <laughs> out big blockbuster escapist entertainment. That's just there to cl- please the crowd. And you can do that while also making it quality. And when you go this route, when you go the indier, like trying to make three movies all the time on a super low uh, shoestring budget and just go for the ideas and try to like, I give movies like that way more leash because they're trying to do the art form and they're going for the pure art form. And I, I am more interested in giving those movies chances and, and trying to lean in and, and really take in. And if I want the escapist entertainment, I could watch a Top Gun Maverick or Avengers Endgame. What I'm saying is we never ever have to stoop to the level of something like a murder mystery. We never have to. There's so many movies that you never have to watch a mediocre movie if you don't want to. You never you never have to. You can watch a hundred movies a year and never see a bad one. It's possible. We have so many. Mm. So don't watch Murder Mystery uh. 2. Watch this. <laughs> Nicole, any thoughts? Um, I have uh, taken off all my fake fingernails during this podcast. Does that mean you are moving away from... <laughs> The the uh, big blockbuster, completely, yeah. uh, you know, made for the masses movies, and now you're you're naked. Your hands are naked and That's ready right. for. It's not you should have been filming this. You should have been filming this. <laughs> we could we could get a palm door. <laughs> you know what it actually turned into? Door. Actually, I, th- I think you're wrong. I think it actually stems back to Mama K's wrong. I'll okay. tell you why. Okay. It actually completely stems back to laziness, and I didn't want to go back to the nail salon to get these redone, <laughs> and I didn't want to call them to get the fill-in, so instead of doing that, I took them off, and now I'm left with what looks like shit, but I know that I'm going to be happier about it. Uh, so it definitely is a laziness <laughs> as opposed to looking for something existential. Um <laughs> So I'm going to have to really not recommend this movie. It was fucking terrible. I see you're skipping ahead. So I see. I see. Well, okay. Well, okay. Do you recommend something in the dirt? I am. I am completely amazed. Again, I'm inspired and amazed by how we got to this point from the nail removal. Um, I can't recommend this movie. Everyone would think that I'm completely that I'm just on like mescaline all the time. I don't know. Is that even a drug people do anymore? Special K? I don't know. Something. Watch movies made by people who love movies. This I I recommend. I recommend this. It's my. It is still my least favorite Benson and Moorhead movie. I mean, I'm I, I defending it here, but it's like a three and a half star movie for me. There are other movies are four oh and God. above. So yeah. So I recommend this. I watch the Endless in Spring first. They're much better. Um, but yes, watch Benson and Warhead movies. They're good at stuff. They make they care. They they want they want to make 
that's something that fucking does something that's not just slop. So the uh, subtitle of this movie was "Everything Everywhere All at Once." Just so you know. <laughs> One recommend, two not recommends for something in strong the not dirt. recommends. Don't forget to say strong. Sorry, strong. Is Mama K is strong as well? Mama K is strong also, and also Donna walked out, so we can talk. Call it a Donna walkout. <laughs> well, she is not on, so her vote is not part of this. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we got. I think we're doing like Dungeons and Dragons next, so we'll be back to crowd pleasing, oh, big nice. budget things. So there you go. Yeah, we'll be we'll be Yay! back in we'll be back in the in comfortable land for everybody. No, no more, no more having to strain your brain and having to. to yeah, don't worry. No more homework. Chain smoke. <sighs> So next time, I have to do the other things first. Uh, if you want to recommend anything to us, uh, and uh, maybe we'll get to it, Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, Films with the Women, at gmail.com. Thank you guys for indulging me once again for something Seems in the like dirt. we do that more often than not, but okay. I tell I'm, been I promise you it's not it's not it's not enough. We should only be watching stuff like this. this way. If it was, if I had my way, we'd be watching nothing but uh, we'd be doing a Benson and Moorhead marathon. My will is complete. Everyone can read it. <laughs> Life is over. Till next time, this is Brennan signing off, saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Oh! Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.